What is up? What is happening? Welcome back to another episode of the Yankshaft's F1 podcast, a group of American dudes who like watching other dudes drive really fast. Joining me as always from the nation's capital, we've got Johnny Gomes. Hey, hope everyone's doing all right. And from an undisclosed location in the Midwest, we've got Ian. How's it going, everybody? I think I, um, guys, I think I, I jinxed the uh, Azerbaijan Grand Prix with all the hype that I gave it, uh, because that, that was not what, um, that was not what I was hoping for. Okay, let me just let me just hop in here for a second because, and not to be just you know Captain Hot take here, but am I crazy that I actually enjoyed that race? Like I get okay, I, I get the top was pretty set in there, but we had a lot of Ferrari just hilarious antics ever. We had the Red Bull redemption story after Max blew out his tire last year, and like dude. You're, you've got a 30-second lead. You don't need to be running 145s, run 148s or whatever Horner was home on the radio. Um, and then you've got the McLaren, like, what are we doing? Just pit stop strategies. Like, I don't know. I like that race. I liked Baku. It's got good straights. You can pass. It's a cool – like, I feel like the race is getting a lot of hate. And I actually really enjoy it. So maybe I'm just crazy. Yeah. No, I'm totally with you, Ian. I actually enjoyed the race, too, and I think people are just salty that Max won because people are starting to get sick of it. Of course we're salty that Max won. We're salty that Leclerc <laughs> yeah. DNF again. Yeah, and, and in the fashion it all went down in, of course. But, yeah, uh, beautiful track for sure, great scenery. And, yeah. I mean, just, it, was a, it was a good package all around, in my opinion. The great camera work all, all weekend. Mm. I mean, that shot of Hamilton and Gasly on that long mm. battle from right above. Yeah, like five laps, yeah. Beautiful and no and, safety uh, you know, cars at Baku. Yeah, no, and um, you know we, we were close to one. I mean, Vettel pulled himself out of a nasty situation there and managed. I was going to save that for later, but that was the sickest cool. thing I've seen all yeah, year. Yeah, that was right? awesome like, for sure. Yeah, no, I thought it was a good good race weekend for sure. But yeah, it just spins out of a freaking like <laughs> the tightest window. <laughs> yeah like just to get right back into the race like that was sweet for sure absolutely absurd i'm glad you guys brought that up though because yeah it was like i mean obviously i was mad about like it took me like a day to recover from the leclerc heartbreak um and then like when i when i finally did watch the race because i had to work until like midnight on saturday so i woke up late and was just gonna watch the race on replay and not check my phone and leclerc dnf and i was like i might as well just fast forward through the rest of this like i don't i, I was just upset but yeah, as far as like like what I would call like the like not exciting races, that was awesome. Like I'm glad that you guys brought that up because it really was just like kind of I mean again minus like we all want a championship fight, but if you take that out of it, it was kind of like an F1 fans race, so to speak. I just like that it's uh, I like a street circuit where you actually have straights and there is places you can pass where. It wasn't just like, all right, let's just maybe we can get around somebody or hope for a safe car. No, there's there's two clear areas or a few clear areas in, there, in Baku where you can you can get around people. And we saw that at the race, and I don't know. I, I, I mean, down I, to like, I really enjoyed it. The beginning, like we saw, like Leclerc like defending Verstappen for the first like ten laps. You know, like it was yeah. there are areas to pass, but you got to set it up. Like in the past, it seems like DRS has kind of been like a little too powerful, maybe on that that last straight in Baku. And it seemed like perfect. We're like, you can do it, but you got to set it up. You got to You got to be ready to use that DRS. It was like it was honestly like really fascinating because I thought Max had him immediately. And obviously that ended up not um, not going down for Leclerc. Do we want to do we just want to get the Ferrari heartbreak out of the way? Yeah, we can start start with Ferrari. That's fine. Um, I've got just (laughs) way too many sad stats to to bust off here. Um. Yeah, so obviously the virtual safety car comes out. 
Um, Leclerc pits. Neither of the Red Bulls pit. Apparently, there was like a radio issue. They were trying to pit Checo and split the strategies. They didn't. So then when they pit in like lap 19, Charles Leclerc is all of a sudden in the lead of this race on hard tires, older hard tires, but in a position to possibly win. And it was like, oh, my God, did Ferrari's strategy maybe win them a race for once instead of losing them a race? It's, it's the hope that kills you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there are plumes of smoke. Is Mount Vesuvius coming out of the back of Charles Leclerc's car. He has to retire. That makes it four straight races that Leclerc has started on pole and not one. There's been a second, a DNF, a fourth, and then a DNF. And I think this quote from him really sums it up. He said, it's not really three straight DNFs, but Monaco felt like a DNF. So it feels like three straight. And this isn't even mentioning Carlos Sainz. You did. Yeah. You said all that heartbreak and didn't even mention Carlos Sainz. Yeah, whatever. He was on for like, like. Let's be honest. Carlos Sainz was, running was not he was having a good race. He was, he was running fourth. He was. He was like ten seconds behind the the, the top three. Like it was. Yeah. He was nowhere close. He was not going to even play a role in that race he had a bad lap at the end of q3 and that's why he started fourth like he wasn't even in the running because he screwed up like it was another bad weekend for carlos yeah. Sainz. but yeah. the fact of the matter is it, it wouldn't have mattered that much if leclerc takes home a win and he just cannot seem to do it every week i'm like this is a must win and it just doesn't happen yeah. that was that was brutal to watch unfold and i kind of had feelings like right from <laughs> from lights out you, you Perez, you know, elbows out racing right from the get-go, and Leclerc has a huge lockup going into that first turn. It's just he does like, a good oh job saving it, honestly. Yeah, keep yeah, second. for sure. So, um, you know, I'm pretty sure it's like the first time ever anyone's uh, pulled four straight races and not won any of them, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, two DNFs in his last three, and, and first time this season for Leclerc uh, being below second the driver's championship standards so you know things definitely aren't boding well for ferrari and ferrari like as a whole had a horrible weekend because uh leclerc and signs weren't even the the only two ferrari powered cars yet to have a failure yeah (laughs) yeah with joe had a had an issue as well apparently that might have been unrelated but i think maybe magnuson or some somebody and then joe's was like their ferrari power but it was like more of a an alfa romeo issue um, yeah, no, just absolutely brutal. It was also the first time since 2009 that both Ferraris have DNF'd due to like a like reliability issue. <laughs> like you can just keep rattling off ridiculous stats. Like does Charles like Charles Leclerc needs to sell his house in Monaco because I'm convinced it's on an ancient Native American burial ground, like burial ground, despite the fact that it's in Monaco. He should just no. I, I think they. I think the one weird common denominator here that gets giving Charles Leclerc all this bad luck is that's Ferrari, and this happens at Ferrari, and they're a clown show of a team that may or may not be paid to keep around an F one. Like they are this this just this is very part of the course for Ferrari. Like this happens. Like app like you can trace this back to like literally after like Schumacher left. They've always had like problems. That's just that's that's just that's just how they are. Like this is this doesn't surprise me. It's like Charles Leclerc. If there's gonna be a driver that he'll probably get five, he'll he'll pull in Montreal and then lose. Like it, it's what's gonna happen. And, and it's funny how the tables have turned because at the start of the season, like we were having this exact same conversation about Red Bull. Like uh, Max had two DNFs in three races, and 
and Ferrari were riding yeah. this high and and uh, how quickly you know, it's almost change. like they're <laughs> they're just being generous and gifting podiums away at this point to keep an interest. It's uh, since since Australia after Australia, which was the third race we've done, we're now through eight. Red Bull have gained 129 points on Ferrari in the last five races. 129 <laughs> points. After Australia, Charles Leclerc led the drivers' standings by 34 points over George Russell, I might add. Not even over Max, over George. He had a 34-point lead. He now trails Max by 34 points. Like, it just is poetic. So Ferrari won two this weekend in Canada. Confirmed, you heard it here first, they're going to be back. (laughs) Because I can't imagine, like, really a lower point than, like, a double DNF on reliability issues, at, like, in, a, in what seemed like a must, you know, must, well, they need a result. Here's a, here's a, here's a, here's a, a comforting thought for Ferrari. Um, you had four cars have reliability issues. Basically, four Ferrari-powered cars have reliability issues in Baku. Thankfully, the good, the good part is in less than, oh, a calendar week, you've got to take everything across the globe and go race in Canada. No, 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 because they, they save like eight hours on the trip. Ah, so so, okay. so just over a calendar week. So just over a calendar week because of time zone travel. Sorry, my apologies. Um, so they should be able to get that fixed, no problem. So we, we definitely won't see any issues at all. They said they, they don't okay. really know what went wrong. So I'm sure they're in great Ugh. shape. They're in great shape. Lie, 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 lie. Maybe that is a lie. Maybe they do know what it is, but they don't want other people knowing what it is. I don't know. I don't know. I'm clinging to like any sort of hope because like I thought Ferrari would screw this up at some point in the season, but like it it came at me fast, man. Like I'm I haven't even had time to process it, and it just gets worse and worse every week. And now we've got a the old Baku Canada back to back to you know really really spice things up. That is a weird. That is a weird scheduling. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't understand a, what's that. after Canada. That'll that'll seal my opinion on on the matter. Oh, the British. Does, does it really matter? No, I, I guess not. I just wanted to, <laughs> like, to what? see what that what that uh, flight path looks like. I'm sure they're going back somewhere in Europe. Yeah, so it's just going to be kind of a mess. Um, what I mean, what? Yeah, I, I guess. Are there any other fun, uh, fun stats I have about Ferrari? I think we've kind of, we've kind of nailed it. All the, all the intriguing ones. What was like? If we're done bashing Ferrari for now, what, what was, what was the second biggest takeaway from this week? Crickets. See, that's really tough to say because there's a, there's a couple that I, I want to discuss and want to get into. Um, like, for example how George Russell is just a rock of consistency no matter what. Um, How I feel like Alpine should be better than McLaren, but maybe not. I don't know. And then how McLaren had a – they definitely benefited from having two Ferraris, both DNF, and so they kind of had a good weekend. But at the same time, like, what was the strategies of McLaren during this race? Because they didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. It was just hangout. Like, it was hang like, out and just the, the, see the, what the, the McLaren strategy was Ricardo is faster than Norris, but we want we don't want him to go, we don't want him to pass Norris right now. So we'll hold behind him, even though he was clearly faster in the beginning. Then at the end of the race, then fast forward, Norris, yeah. Norris was clearly faster than Ricardo, 
but no, we we'll, we we want him to kind of race Alonzo, kind of not. Like they they were speaking in like riddles to Norris, where he's like, "Can I get around him?" And they're like, "Well, maybe." Yes, uh, no. I don't know. Then also, Ricardo pitted at thirty five. Ricardo had thirty five laps, around thirty five laps on his car, on his car when he pitted on with hards. Was put on fresh mediums to trace to track down people ahead of him who all had used like Alonzo who had like hards was like okay let's get it like he's gonna be up in there and then just proceeded to like almost lose time and it was like the the medium tires I thought was really bizarre that there was another car that did that as well um I want to say it was Ocon but I don't quite remember and it was like they just they got on mediums and they should have had way more success and they just didn't and so the I'm hards were certainly the better tire. The like hard, the it's almost like tire this week. They should have gone back. They should have gone back to back hards when but going. You can't. You got to use two compounds. See that? Yeah. That was just a. I don't know. It was a. It, it I was wonder a, if it has anything to do with the the porpoising. Uh, maybe like. But the they haven't. McLaren the hasn't really been dealing with any porpoising. No. no. Yeah, they've been like they've been like one of the better teams. Yeah, like they that, as far as porpoising goes, at least. So I, it was just a weird week. Yeah, it was like. They were like not fighting each other. They were just hanging out, and then weird, yeah. weird pit strategy, and then and then hanging out, but places reversed. And then Ricardo, even like when he was trying to get by Norris, you could see like Gasly was like up his butt, and he even said on radio, he's yeah. like, like Nor- Lando's gonna get me if you don't let me pass." And then what happened? Gasly got him. Like yeah, Gasly ends up having his best finish of the season. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was so... it was just a weird week. Yeah, like an eight nine when you've got two DNFs ahead of you. Like, is that a good week for McLaren? Like uh I don't know. Because yeah, yeah, that's double points good, but that was it was just better real bizarre. Yeah, like yeah that's that's why I was pretty much silent when you asked what what my other takeaways from from this race was because yeah, I mean if you look at it, you know from a macro perspective, uh, you know, a, a three, four for the, for the Mercedes, um, you know, that's always good, but, but you never know what would have unfolded had those two Ferraris, you know, not backed out. Like Leclerc was running in first and Sainz was running fourth when they, when they both, uh, DNF. So, you know, it's hard, hard to say. Yeah. And I feel like that's, that's happened a lot this year. Like, it was something I kind of wanted to bring up at some point, I guess now might, might be the time. Like this season so far has like it, it, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. And I was kind of curious how you guys feel about it because to me, it seems like we've had a potential for a lot of really good races that like just didn't pan out for whatever reason. Well, I think, I think also last year was just so good that we were were so little spoiled from last year where it's like, that's a great point. This is kind of, this is kind of more the norm where last year was just this, insanely insanely incredible season um and it was always super easy to talk about which is great um but there were, i guess there was one one else the thing is that um tari i thought was really well that i thought was really well this week minus yuki's unfortunate having his drs oh, i've actually got his uh, i've got his radio message pulled up from when his flat broke are you guys ready let's hear it That comes through. <laughs> yeah, loud and clear. I mean, he, for a guy who finished the race with his car literally duct taped together, Doug, how is I mean, that I'd legal? Say that's, 
I'd say that's pretty, you know, muted response. Oh, these multi, <laughs> multi, multi-million dollar, like fancy F1 cars that have all this, you know, insanely high tech technology on it. Uh, let's just put duct tape on a speed. Yeah, we got some gaff tape from the photographers. Like, let's just screw it. I, I don't know how that's legal, A, but B, that stinks for Yuki. So It's so, so, so funny. It was like uh, Yuki, no DNF for the rest of the yeah. race. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no DRS, and and when it when the flap goes up and only half of it goes up, I think it was like Brundle or Crofty was just like, oh, uh, well, it's just Alpha now, but no Tauri. Like, God, you Brits and your humor, but it, it, dude, he was he was probably gonna finish like what, like sixth or seventh? Like, he was gonna finish in the top right seven. behind Gasly. Yeah, yeah, right behind Gasly. So that would have been sixth. Yeah, great. Oh, it was an awesome week for, or could have been an awesome week for Tauri. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of uh, kind of slipped away from him with, uh, you know, <laughs> when your DRS com- completely breaks, that'll that'll tend to happen. Another somewhat surprising thing that uh, that happened is um, one of the Aston Martins had a what a, a pretty good, pretty good race. Was Special it Lance metal? Stroll? Was it Lance Stroll? Oh, 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 Ian. <laughs> Ian, didn't, Ian didn't watch the race. <laughs> Buddy, you're going to want to you're going to want to strap in, maybe grab yourself a drink. Lance Stroll did not have a good weekend. I promise he'll make an appearance later in the episode. You're going to have to, when you say Lance Stroll did not have a good weekend, you're going to have to be more specific. Oh, buddy, buddy, buddy. Let's, yeah, let, let's save, let's save that for the appropriate section. Let's talk about the man who deserves to be talked about right now. And that is Sebastian Vettel. What did he finish? What? P6? Yeah. Right. It took, it took, P6. Uh, Yuki's, Yuki's Could have been P5, yeah. you know. He drove yeah, that man, yeah. Go for it. I said, I just said he drove that tractor of his to P6 on the grid, and I'll be damned if those other cars might be a little bit faster. But he's a he's a wily old vet. He gets the most out of that car for sure. He got what P3 last year? Something <laughs> in the something in the water there. It's you know it's uh I don't know he's he's honestly probably just tries a little harder because they are you know just terrible human rights people and and he knows that <laughs> and wants to show them up with a rainbow flag T-shirt. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah Seb, I mean, it's it's great to see that. Yeah, I mean, he had a good weekend too. Qualified top ten, um, you know, d- drove the hell out of that um, Aston Martin and and got himself a crucial eight points for him and the team when you're fighting for you know <laughs> that uh, that best of the rest title with M- McLaren and the boys. You know, that's that's big. So I mean, I wouldn't say they're quite fighting yet, but here's no. a fun stat: Aston Martin has 15 points. McLaren has 65. <laughs> Sebastian Vettel is two points behind Daniel Ricciardo. Ricciardo has 15 and Vettel has 13. So that's a little, you know, hey, here's some perspective for how bad Daniel Ricciardo has been. And also maybe, you know, Lance Stroll's uh, got two whole points all year. Vettel's got 13. So, uh, you know, I don't want to say he's making the most of that tractor, but um, he's Very certainly nice. trying. That's that, that's kind of, kind of all all you can ask for there. We ready to get into some uh some rockstar wanker talk? <laughs> I feel like yeah. everyone else I want to talk about is kind of lumped into those categories. Yeah, I think so. Um, I and I guess one last thing, not really not really a rockstar wanker, but just like very even keel. I thought Valerie Bottas had a very um just ho hum. That's Valerie Valerie Bottas race. Just didn't kind of forgot he was out there for a while. Didn't really yeah, I think 
I think Guan Yu Zhou had a better, like a more impressive weekend than um yeah. than Bottas did. It's just, get, yeah. Can Zhou please finish a race like that? I feel I'm gonna get to the point where I feel really bad for that dude because that my man is just like he's he's right now. It's Charles Leclerc is getting a lot of the a lot of the notary because he's I mean qualifying pole and not finishing. But Joe's in the same boat where his cars can't finish a race either. So. 100%. I had I had to queue up that uh that Yuki message, you know, for obvious <laughs> reasons. But my second choice was Guan Yu Zhou when they tell him like we've got and we've got an error, you need to pit and he goes like come on, like you got to be kidding me. Like again, every time we, you can't be telling me there's an error every time we have a chance. And that really feels like how it's how it's gone for him like Bottas gets all the credit, you know, because he has all the good weeks. And, you know, as he should, he's experienced and driving yeah. better. But, like, we've got a young guy who's talented and and missing out on some, you know, some some good finishes that would really boost his confidence. So it's it was just, yeah, oh, man, the whole week from, from Alfa Romeo, I really don't even know what to say about other than just kind of, like, disappointing. Like, disappointing from Bottas and then disappointing luck for, for Joe. Yeah. I wonder if they're missing uh, Antonio Giovinazzi right around now. <laughs> Nah, I don't think they're. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I I know he, Italian Jesus <laughs> I just, can't just fix the car. You know? Yeah, I'll just want you know. I'll take any chance I can get to drop a Giovinazzi in there. I'll try. I'll try my best to to slip that name in even even more moving forward. <laughs> getting in, getting into Rockstar. Who anybody want to take the lead? Should I jump it? You can jump in. I'm jumping it. Rockstar of the week. For the Yankshaft F1 pod, or at least for for Curdy on the Yankshaft F1 pod, Pierre Gasly, you all know it. You've all heard it before. We are a Pierre Gasly positive pod. An incredible weekend from the lad. He honestly could have got, been ahead of George Russell in Q3, but he kind of had a bad first half of his his lap there. Still starts in a great position. Where did he end up starting? He started sixth. He finished fifth with some DNFs. That is best case scenario for an Alpha Tauri who largely have kind of struggled. Gasly's had some bad luck. He's had some crashes. He's had some unfortunate things happen to him. It was great to see. That's the Pierre Gasly that we know and love. Nobody else really stole it. Pierre Gasly, rock star of the week, bar none for my book. Try to argue. <laughs> Yeah, there's really no clear rock star of the week this week, is there? I didn't really. Yeah, no, exactly. I didn't. It's like, okay, Max wins, Checo too. All right, whatever. Um, Wow, yeah, I'm really drawing a blanket of rock star here. Both Red Bulls benefited from the Ferraris being out. Like, Yeah, there was just like, like, yeah, it was kind of George Russell or Pierre Gasly for me. I was going to say, I I think I'm going to go with. I think I'm just 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 for consistency's sake and the fact that I love that he's doing it. I'm gonna go with George Russell. Why not? He's uh, he's just cementing uh, third place every single week. They're a top five finish every single week. Where do you get? Yeah, third. Yeah, top five every <laughs> week this year. Yeah, you got third third this time. Yeah, I got another. I want to give it to Lewis Hamilton for moving up a couple places, but Lewis Hamilton finished below George Russell. Like great started with the career at um, Mercedes and. Man, next season, once Lewis Hamilton retires and Mercedes signs Pierre Gasly and they're running Pierre Gasly and George <laughs> Russell, it's going to be a great season for Mercedes. Lewis Hamilton's also driving with like eight fractured vertebrae, I assume, from the porpoising. Yeah. He's been yeah, dealing with. Did you see him get out of the car he's after got the back, race? back pain. He's got back pain and then his brutal. went cold. That does not feel good. That No, that's that's problematic. I didn't hear that, but that sounds problematic. Like big yeah. time. Well, they were like, yeah. you're, you're like Lewis. He's like, oh, my, my, my seat's gone cold. And they're like, dude, it's 
45 degrees Celsius on the track. The car is 25 degrees Celsius. I don't know That's if these hot. numbers yeah, mean. No, I, I think that means you're, yeah, you've got some, you know, some discs that and are like, out of place right cold. now in your back. Yeah. yeah you're losing I, feeling in your legs right now, Lewis, because of the, of the back problems. That's what's happening. Yeah. So he's my, honestly, let's just give it to both Mercedes boys this week is my rock stars. Fine with me. For Lewis, there you Lewis go. for powering through his, his pain. I get it, dude. Back problems suck. We all have them. Um, yeah, we're are, tall guys. Consistent. Yeah. Uh, both excellent choices, boys. Um, uh, yeah, we kind of we left you the scraps. No, no, no. I mean, it's we, we were always going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel for a rock star this weekend. So, um, but I, I, we, I mentioned this at the beginning of the pod and uh, during the Aston segment. So I hate to bring it up again, but but Vettel for me, um, just you know, just that savvy presence that he's got to to pull his car out of that emergency turn off spin right back around behind Sonoda and get right back into the race. Super cool. And, and the skill and the coordination it takes to pull that off is, is incredible. And uh, I, I got to give him props where it's due. I love that we got a week like this where Rockstar turned into pick your favorite driver that finished in the top six. Yeah. <laughs> and we all Basically. got a shot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, Excellent rock star choices, lads. Um, that was that was a fun conversation. But I think the more fun conversation this week, by far, will be wanker. Indeed, Ian. Well, uh, okay. let's let's reverse snake this. Yeah, or not, not reverse snake. Ian, you take it. Let me start this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna save the ones that are the save the one that is very obvious. So don't you guys worry about that. My wanker of the week this week, and I I hate to do this because. You know, it's a little bit of a different standard. So, you know, you hate to just kind of throw them under the bus. But was it just me or was there a lot of really bad pit stops in Baku? Like three fives, four seconds, seven seconds, four seconds. Charles Charles pit stop was five seconds. The strategy might have worked out, but it was five two or something. My waiting behind the safety car trying to save some time, and he ended up stuck I in there. Like than he McLaren had bad pit stop, Ferraris had bad pit stop. The pit crews are my wankers of the week because I'm not sure what was going on with Baku. Maybe it was something with the surface, but every even Red Bull had just slow pit times. The cars would get there and they would sit for at least two or three seconds, way longer than normal. That just felt really odd. I, nobody really brought it up. I was like, man, these, these times looked really, really long for what we're used to seeing. I, didn't, I don't think I saw a single one in the twos. Um, so my, my wankers of the week is uh, the pit crews this week. I've, I've been loving these creative wanker choices because my old strategy was just kind of, you know, run down who did well, what drivers did well, teams did well, bad, whatever. I really like that we're getting more creative with it. Johnny, who you got? Um, so I got kind of a weird one, but someone's got to call out the suits over at the FIA, so I'll do it myself. Um, this, this porpoising issue, I don't know. I feel like it oh, should be talked about more because be full blown um, conversation. Yeah, no, it, it's a serious thing. I mean, these guys are driving at, at speeds, which under perfect conditions is life threatening and insane as it is. So with these cars bouncing around all over the tracks and, you know, all it takes is one guy to, uh, you know, catch the air just right. And, and we could have a major incident on our hands. And as the rules currently stand, these teams aren't allowed to tear down their cars and, you know, like 
rebuild them to to prevent this issue. So, but they can raise they can raise the car higher off the ground and go slower yeah. and not kill their drivers. But no one wants to do that. No one well, wants if that. Johnny I mean, Gomes, president of the FIA, what do you do? um i'd leave that to the engineers i'd do what any great leader does and delegate to you know those below me (laughs) to to come back like a terrible leader (laughs) yeah (laughs) no i I don't know what i'd do i'm not uh, you know i'm i'm not uh i don't know what the you know what's at the heart of the issue in his life yeah yeah no i'm i'm shaking right now um no, that's a good question, and uh, I'm gonna have to to reevaluate it and come back to you. No, I just like I really I'm just like really curious because it it, it seems like part of it is it is kind of a safety issue at this point. Like when I saw Lewis Hamilton get out of that car, like it didn't look good, and like bouncing like that at speeds like yeah. that over and over and over and over and over is not good. Like it was the same yeah. thing with like power steering and like there's been like a lot of issues over the years of in, in f1 where they're like okay this isn't safe this is like going to destroy the livelihoods of our you know drivers after they retire like uh, you know things that they have to address but it seems like for the most part the teams could just be like okay we got it wrong we didn't see the porpoising happening in our pre you know in our models before the year we need to just raise the ride height and we'll be slower but we won't be killing anyone, but instead they want the FIA to come in and fix it for them. When there are teams like Red Bull, I do not like defending Christian Horner, but there are teams like Red Bull who got it right. Yeah. Why should they be punished? Yeah. For getting it right. Yeah, it's kind of a catch twenty two. You know, it's uh, there's no real solution to to make everyone happy, but um, <clears throat> but yeah, if. Um, I think the more drivers that come out about it, you know, like now get, we got Gasly, you mentioned it. Um, after Ricardo race, said something this weekend. Ricardo so. even yeah. said something. The McLaren haven't even really barely been points. dealing with too much porpoise. Yeah. And, and, you know, for him to come out and say something, I think now it's really starting to gain some traction. So we'll see how it all unfolds. Ian, any uh, strong porpoising thoughts? Um, no, you can't have the guys bouncing up and down. Um, but also for the teams that did get it right, yeah i'd be pissed <laughs> yeah, yeah so I, I get it and i guess for to uh screw red bull and have better races yeah let's have the fia just gonna hear and just oh yeah no, no no selfishly i hope they step in red bull's the main like gonna be the main victim of this and that's yeah, absolutely yeah. fine with me yeah Horner basically said this week like yeah, if I was if I was their boss, I'd be telling my drivers to go and complain a whole bunch about the porpoising this week to try to like get something done about it. And I was like, yeah, you're right, but also like you know, do something about it. Let's yeah. let's see what happens. Yeah. All right. So who we got for wankers? We've got pit crews. Yep. And Johnny, was yours just porpoising in general? Sorry, we I kind of hijacked that conversation. Porpoising in general. I, I initially aimed it at the FI, go. I guess it's not, it's not their fault, and and you know it's. Um, the porpoises it's, it's certainly their fault yeah no it's a it's a culmination of the engineers not getting it right the, the greediness of you know these these team presidents and principals you know wanting to squeeze every last bit they can out of these cars and and us as fans honestly because we don't we could you know we could preach all we want about driver safety and everything but we just want to see cars go fast and and as fast as they can so um you know we just 
I just want to see it resolved. I'd like to I'd like to see the the best drivers in the world going as fast as they can without like sacrificing their like physical health. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's like sure. oh, I feel bad watching the NFL sometimes. You know, or you you know that a lot of these guys, if you're not a white quarterback, like you're gonna be struggling for the last half of your existence. Like it's I'm getting those vibes of like we don't we don't need to be doing this. Like they're they risk themselves enough being in a race car, so. I don't know. I'd like to see it resolved, but we are um, we are not the minds that are in place to do that. My wanker sure. of the week, I'm going back to the classics. You know, old tried and true from the great white north, Nicholas Latifi. <laughs> oh. Another horrendous showing. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Lance Stroll. Yeah, I thought you were going oh, with a different oh, Canadian. Yeah, well. <laughs> I know that it's the the week of oh, hold on everything's freezing right now. I know it's the week of the Canadian Grand Prix, I and I shouldn't be slandering. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. But Nicholas Latifi's old reliable. Lance Stroll had a nice little good patch there for a little bit. Now Nicholas Latifi, you know some some might call him the Toronto Maple Leafs of Formula One. The man just cannot win anything. He, you guys noticed this, right? He, he drove, he missed his box to start the race. And someone had to come out and push his car backwards. Yes. Into the correct spot. It is illegal. So he got a penalty for it. Oh, that's right. It was lap one. And they say Nicholas Latifi being investigated for a, for a starting grid infraction. And then they showed it, and it's literally he misses the box, and a guy after the like fifteen second countdown thing came, or thirty seconds, someone had to push his car into the right spot. So that was I was already like, Latifi, come on, what are you doing? So you know what happens? He gets a he gets a stop go penalty. So he comes in for his pit stop, gets some gets some fresh tires, has to wait it out, you know. He gets back out on track, but because of that, he's in Blue Flag City as he often finds himself in. And what does he do? He gets another penalty for ignoring blue flags, which he should have gotten hey, in Alex, Monaco. Alex Albon can ignore him. Why Why can't he? Hey, blue yeah, flags well, William should have gotten them in Monaco. No, it's, it's – and I'm glad that they're finally doing something about it, but, boy, it's a little ridiculous that it's like it really in that context, like now you're giving blue flag penalties where like when it really mattered, you guys did nothing – those those chumps at the FIA couldn't be bothered to do anything, but a penalty for missing your start box, and then a penalty for ignoring blue flags was like, how can I give my wanker of the week to like? What are the two most embarrassing <laughs> things you can do? Of like, you literally just should not be out there with those guys. I I respect everyone on that grid. Let me be clear, but Nicholas Latifi is testing that. I mean, yeah, if you if you've got your elbows out when you're getting laughed, <laughs> you're, you're you're a that's a, not an elbows out scenario. Uh, guess not. No, it's it's a shame because he definitely is not coming back to Williams next year, and it's going to be like, well, no Nicholas Latifi. That's sometimes you need that like com, uh, was a comedic relief. That is that is Nicholas Latifi on the grid this year, and. He's a billionaire. So I was like, dude, you don't need to do this, bro. You don't need to be – you don't His need to embarrass yourself. Billion. Just go race like 
some other smaller thing. Just come to IndyCar. There's like yeah. 45 drivers or Dude, whatever. Like, I don't know. Like the GT series. Be, they yeah. go to IndyCar. He gets to just tour the U.S. Like, he doesn't have to race for insanely high pressure. Dude, does he literally doesn't have to get paid. He's, his dad, again, is a billionaire. So it's like, you know, whatever. Shout out one of my favorite moments in Yankshaft history when – Ian, Ian said that what he was he was Lance Stroll with less money, and I was like, Latifi's dad is worth billions, and that's yeah. the only reason he has his drive. What's going sense. on up there in Canada? For the record, twenty percent of the grid are sons of Canadian billionaires. Do we need to start doing something about this? Seems like a problem to me. Right. You might I don't be know what we something. need to do about it. Some, but that's going on. That math. Then again, it could also just be something in the water. Oh wait, no, no, ten percent. Ten percent of the grid <laughs> is Canadian billionaires. My brain, my. I knew what you were saying. But I knew yes. that wasn't correct. I was like, that is not. Teams have a driver that is the son of a Canadian billionaire. That's fair. what I should have said. Fair, fair enough. And that seems too high to me. You know, I don't know what Trudeau's got going on up there, but I don't trust it. Hey, to all our Canadian listeners, um, we get a home Grand Prix, and the two drivers you get to watch the home Grand Prix is Lance Stroll <laughs> and Nicholas Latifi. Hey, again, we're getting a Leclerc 1, Signs 2, Stroll 3, Latifi 4 finish. I would not hate a, I would not hate a like crazy – give me something crazy where like the top – there's like a big accident or everyone's okay with a big accident, a lot of DNFs, and then we get uh, – just like a, a points from uh, Latifi and Stroll just by like finishing the race, essentially. And realistically, yeah. one of them would just be a point. Yes. One, one of yeah, them is getting points, singular. But, and you the know. player wins. Yeah. Sign me up for we're that. St- we're still due for like a bad weekend from Pirelli uh, this season. So who knows? Yeah, it Maybe seems like they the, almost uh, got their stuff yeah. together because they were your wanker after Baku last year. Uh-huh. Yeah. I remember that. And uh, yeah, and then somehow they, they, they gave Max his redemption. Before we move on to, the, to that Canadian Grand Prix, two other teams wanted to kind of touch on briefly. And by teams, I mean um, not Alpine, but Fernando Alonso. Choo-choo, another train behind Fernando Alonso on a street circuit. We love to see it. This man gets in seventh place and then just meanders his way across the track so nobody can pass him. Ian, I thought you, you, you might appreciate – an. A, repeat performance from Fernando Alonso. It was, it was great. And it was great in the sense that as a McLaren fan, it was frustrating because I knew <laughs> what was going to happen. They were like, here it comes along. You know, we're making a push. And I was like, they're going to be stuck behind Alonso in that yeah, rocket look at the ship. leaderboard. They're going to be stuck behind Alonso in that rocket ship of an LP where he's going to have, he can go as fast as he wants to straight and I'm never going to get around him. But he's, as, he's as slow as anyone in the corners, but he's, he's Fernando like, Alonso, so you're not getting past him. This guy's car is like – it's like his car is like a width and a half wider than everybody else is out there. It's great. I think it's hilarious whenever people get stuff like that. They get so frustrated. Alonso's like, ha, 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 not a, I, it, it's, as frustrating, like I said, as frustrating as it was to watch the McLaren fan, I knew it was going to happen. I was going to sit back and just enjoy it. He's basically yeah, just like banana. tossing banana he's, peels behind him. He's yeah, I was gonna say he's like the antagonist in like an anime <laughs> series about Formula One or something. <laughs> Good look at by me. <laughs> yeah. Aha. 
<laughs> Let us do the dubs. Come on, guys. Get us on board. Um, other other team want to touch on Haas. Ever since I crowned them as the fifth best team, um, which I think was maybe after Australia, where we, we reevaluated our rankings. Uh, boy, is it really all falling to crap for, <laughs> for Gunter Steiner and the boys. Mick, yeah. I will say, uh, I said this about Nicholas Latifi two races ago, and I'm going to say it about Mick now. He got the car across the finish line in one piece, and good for him. But that is not the standard that you want to be following. Is I'm where I'm just happy you finished. And then Magnuson had his issues. Um, you know, not all of them his fault. Um, but Hass has just kind of completely fallen off. They they are still sitting on 15 points down in eighth place. Um, as they were before Spain, they had 15 points. So they have not taken well, no, as they were. Before Miami, they were still sitting on 15 points. They have not scored a point since um, what was before Miami? Since Imola, um, not a not a great sign. After I crowned them uh, a top five top five team because of my you know stupid red, white, and blue blood that I just can't ignore. Um, but I guess what Schumacher brought it home in one piece. So that's a is that a win? It's it's a win if you're hot. We're grasping I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a win if you're Haas. And and I mean for them, uh last year, I mean, they were slugging it out with Williams and, and this year they're tied on points with Aston Martin. So, you know I think that says more about Aston than anyone else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd agree with that sentiment. I'd also say that says more about George Russell and the impact that he had uh <laughs> at Williams. Yeah. But but I digress. Um but yeah, no, uh uh ugly ugly stuff from from haas and it really coincides with the cups that ferrari has had given that you know they've got ferrari engines in their cars yeah. so yeah, um, Romeo issue too yeah. yeah if there's one person who does not want to see nicholas latifi leads the grid it's mick schumacher <laughs> because i kind of think that oh don't say it I, I don't want to say that Mick Schumacher is not is, is the second worst driver on the grid. That he'll be the new Nicholas Latifi. That's. Uh, but I think he might be. And the thing, the, well, the, the thing with Mick is that he needs he he like he needs time, and he needs like he he will he will eventually become a good driver, but. In the age we're in, a Formula One now, where and kind of yeah, you don't get you don't get afforded that much time, man. You don't get time. And the and the thing that kills me with with Mick is that if Mick was named, you know, Mick Giovanesi, would yeah. we even be in this? We we be having this conversation? And that and that's not yeah, fair to no, him. I think he, I think he, he would have gotten the drive this year, but again, it, the criticism would have come a little bit quicker. I think. Yeah. If his Certainly. if his name if he didn't if he not wasn't MSC up there in the league not there yet but I really want to see some MSC have some success not there yet though definitely definitely not there yet but we're all rooting for him um, all has no breaks I'm still trying to get some of those t-shirts yep. for Johnny and I wore to Spa more That'd rumors flying around that um that that Spa's contract is up and they still have not done anything about it I oh, really nice. really hope that we're not seeing the final uh, Belgian Grand Prix um, or at least for you know this era but it's uh who can who can say at this point I'm trying to think if there's anything else uh any other big big talking points i had for uh for this week but i think that that might be it before we move on to um 
to the next race? You guys got anything? Head nods and crickets from the lads? No, sir. No, sir. All right. Let's move on. I refuse to give the French pronunciation. So this is just, it's, it's the, the circuit in Montreal for the Canadian Grand Prix. I'm going to say that as American as I possibly can. Coming up this weekend, um, as we touched on earlier, what an absurd back-to-back week from the Middle East over to Canada. Yeah. I don't know who thought of that one. <laughs> yeah, that was mm, – I don't know what happened there. Absolutely not yet. This is uh, this will be the first time that they've run this since 2019 because of uh, you know Trudeau and all his billionaire friends who've got all their billionaire kids you know uh, uh, racing in F1 or whatever. Um, I don't know anything about their politics. I'm, I'm just spitballing here. Um, first time since 2019 because of their COVID stuff, guys. This is this might be my favorite fact that I'm busting out this uh, this entire episode. And we had Bust. plenty on Ferrari. Bust away. So Lewis Hamilton's won at this track seven times. That's not that sexy. He's also won like six times in the last 10 years. That's not sexy. The last five drivers to win this event are Lewis, Seb, not surprising. That was with Ferrari, though. Ferrari. Daniel Ricciardo with Red Bull. Again, none of this is surprising, but it's fun. And then after that, Jensen Button and Robert Kubica. And those are the last five drivers to win the Canadian Grand Prix. And there's Curry's fun fact of the week. Do with that what you will. Just picturing a lineup of those five gentlemen. Yeah. (laughs) Locking out the first couple rows. That's the, 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 that's all I had. Um, I, I really I I don't know. I love I do love well, that. I, I can't I can't wait for next week whenever it's six drivers and the driver is Max Verstappen. Yeah. Oh, oh don't you stop speaking this evil into existence, Ian? You were the one that said a couple already, a couple weeks ago get, that Red Bull is going to run away with it. My ideal weekend is maybe like a Ferrari has more power failures, Red Bull has more power failures, Ricardo somehow wins the race, Norris comes in second, Mick Schumacher runs like ninth. Um, Latifi seventh, and then like Vettel third. My ideal weekend is like you know me, a few of the lads, a couple of margaritas, nice hot tub, you know, out on a beach maybe, and then and, you know, yeah, and then on Sunday I get to watch you know Mick Schumacher win a race. But you know, I digress. Johnny, Johnny, what's your ideal weekend looking like? You know, Formula One or otherwise? Um, you know, I've probably got my toes out somewhere. I uh, got my fishing rod in the water, <laughs> yanking Mondo bass and, and tossing them back in there. Catch and release, of course. I always say <laughs> yanking Mondo bass. I always say morning. I always say morning instead of good morning because if it was a good morning, I'd be fishing. All right. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. And with that. We, we leave you guys before the Canadian Grand Prix 2022. We will catch you guys for a recap next week, as always. 